So let's pray and let's get into God's word. Oh, Heavenly Father, you are good. Oh, I love you. Thank you for working and changing people's lives. Thank you for going ahead. There's story after story after story I've heard of you working in our friends' lives, in our lives. God, you are alive. You are well. You are active. And God, I'm going to ask that you would be active in your holy word today. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen. Uh, as, uh, as you might know, I do a lot of reading and prep for the message, just trying to figure different things out. And, and uh, I read this article, and it sort of took my breath away. This is, uh, it just took my breath away. I was reading about some people who have messed up in their lives, just messed up morally. And uh, while I'm reading this, and it's a Christian article, and I go, oh my goodness, I could never do that, or I couldn't live with myself. And then there's this quote at the end of it, it just like popped out at me, and I go, Wow, this is, this is what the quote, he said, the current self, your current self might not be able to do the things, the unthinkable things, but your future self may be able to. And then here's the quote, left unattended, your future self may be somebody you wouldn't even recognize. Now just hearing that, you know that's true, right? In each of our lives, there is a future self, if unattended, might turn out to be somebody, oh, wow, I never knew I'd gone down these paths. And so we, we, we're doing this series because we want to be shaped by God. We're all being shaped every single day in some direction. And in the future, your future you, we want to be awesomer, which is, I know, not English, but it's still, I want that future you to be awesomer than you are now. So we ask the question, what would it be like this year if we intentionally were shaped by our loving creator? Uh, in our discipleship groups, just hearing all kinds of good things, there's this, there's this uh, one person said, my kid makes me so angry. I go, wow, that doesn't happen to any parent here, right? No, no, never. <laughs> and so in our discipleship group, we're going, wow, like, how you do it, dealing with that? He said, you know what? You need to be praying for me. We've been praying for him. And he said, guess what? Guess what? My, my little girl did something that would just usually send me over the edge. And he said, I was patient with her. What's going on? I'm like, I'm a new person. I got body snatched. I go, no, no, no. That's, that's God actually shaping you. It is good. And then there was somebody else that go, oh, man, one, you know, as a couple, one was uh, just isn't making money anymore. And it's like, in, you know, in the, in the culture of fear, everything's spinning down uh, out of control. There's just like intake of breath, like, no, how are we going to make it? How are we going to do it? How, you know, uh, uh, oh, oh, that kind of thing, right? That you can just sense that tension. I, you know, and, you know, listening in, I'm listening in, leaning. And this is what they said. They said, we trusted God. And there's this joy and peace. He's going to take care of us. And then you know what he did? And just gave an example or two. But it's not how he took care of us. What's more important, that he gave us peace into it. I go, okay. People's lives being shaped by a loving creator. That's what it sounds like. That's what it sounds like. We've been uh, reading a verse every, every week, and it's Romans 12 too. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. In other words, the world is trying to press us into a mold 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So it's something that you need to do as you think. Take your mind to God, and, and how do you do this? Renew your mind. The rest of the verse goes like this. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing, perfect will. And at that point, you go, well, I don't, I, okay, good. I got the first part. Don't be pressed. Renew your mind. The last part is, is more difficult to understand. Uh, I jump on, if there's ever a Bible verse I don't know, I jump on BibleGateway.com, and you get about like 25 different versions of the Bible, and you can sort of look, look at it. This is what the Living Bible paraphrase, it's a paraphrase, but this is what it says. Um, then you will learn from your own experience how his ways will really satisfy you. Isn't that awesome? So, so, so don't be pressed into the mold of the world. No, in, instead... Renew your mind. Keep Renewing is not a one-time thing, is it? You just keep on coming, keep on coming back. Renew your mind renew, and, and, and let it be transformed by God. And guess what's going to happen? Then you will learn from your own experience. This isn't a head knowledge thing. This is a real life. This is something I experienced in my life. Then you'll know, learn from your own experience how his ways really satisfy you. Uh, as uh, in some of my research, I, I've discovered there's at least four ways in how we're shaped. The stories we believe, the habits we form are only the first two. And uh, we're finishing off those first two. And uh, we'll jump into the next in the next couple of weeks. But number one, first week we talked about we're shaped by internal stories we believe. Uh, Romans 8, 6, uh, 8, 6 says, For the mindset on the flesh is death, the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. There's this internal tug of war, this, uh, this uh, whispers in your brain that you're no good, you can't do it, give up. That is, a, that, that is not just a mental picture, it is also a spiritual battle. It's both, it's both. But that spiritual batter, battle, the God can speak into that. He can whisper his truth in it, and it changes you. I, I, I wasn't going to share this because I've shared it before, and I know some people, I don't want you to fall asleep on my stories, but, uh, <laughs> oh man, it, it's probably one of the most meaningful times when God just whispered his, his the Spirit whispered his truth to me. Uh, as at, uh, at Festival of Friends, and uh, eating French fries, because that's what you do at Festival of Friends, and um, in the middle of this, my, my joy of have, have, having pure grease slide down my throat, there's this, there's somebody came behind me and wrapped their arm around my neck, choking me. And I was thinking, okay, this makes sense, it's Hamilton. But, like, like okay, what's happening? So I, I tap like that, okay, guys, guys, I, I know it's, it's general knowledge, but guys, you should know that. When you tap, you're tapping out, right? Yeah, what, what's that, what does that say to people? Okay, oh, you're really smart, you're really strong, okay, I'm tapping out. He cranks it harder. So what do I do? I prayed for him. No! I, I, I wrestled them down and we're, we're on the ground fighting in front of our families. Pastor Dave is fighting a guy on the ground in front of his family. Isn't that awesome? Such a strong witness. So afterwards, I figured who it was and he said, oh, that was really funny, Dave. <laughs> okay, I was just so... I grabbed his hair. This is no kid. I grabbed his hair. He pulled it in. I said, don't you ever do that again? In, in the love of Jesus. 
that night I couldn't get to sleep. I was going, oh, you know, he came and did that to me. You know what? Next time, you know, I'll ring his doorbell and I'll come. I'll surprise him. Yeah. A baseball. Oh, no. Dave, Dave, Dave. You're a pastor. You're a Christian. This is bad. Okay. This is bad. Yeah. Okay. Baseball bat, a crowbar would do more damage. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. So, okay, now the Bible says the mind stayed on the flesh is death, right? And jail time. <laughs> the mind stayed on the spirit is life and peace. I know that. I'm like you. Takes me a while to figure it out, right? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Spirit of God, what do you want me to think? I, I, I prayed that one. I prayed that one out loud. The first thing that came into mind, that poor guy, he doesn't know how to have friends. In fact, he didn't have a good family. He was tossed around from family to family. Within two seconds, I'm feeling sorry for the guy. He doesn't have social skills. He just, he just went over the edge. Yeah, yeah. Then you know what the next thought came to my mind? You need to apologize to him next time you see him. And I said, yeah, God, that's right. Heart rate went down. Thank you, God. In a matter of two seconds, it's, it's awesome. This is real. For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. It's good. And so we talk about interrupt anxiety with prayer. If you oh, I don't know. And in the middle of that, you say, okay, this is your internal story. Interrupt anxiety with prayer and say, okay, Spirit of God, what do you want me to think? And you'll be surprised. Not only are we shaped by the internal stories we believe, we're shaped by the external stories we believe. Culture has maps. And some of the maps of culture are good. And some work well, and some are slightly off. <laughs> and some are, how can we say this? Just wrong, okay, just wrong. The maps of what culture tells us how to live our lives. Um, I, and, and I'm trying to convince you of this. This is a hard one because this is the water we swim in. I know some people, not all, think, eat, and sleep money. Who has more? You have more shifts than I do. You have more money than I do. You're making more. You're making less. It's all that, you know, wow. And then to top it off, we have this thing, this thing called inflation. Did I just say that? I'm just causing more anxiety. The, the New York Times, the New York Times, just to give us all peace, you know what they, they named this moment in history? They named it, we're in a poly crisis. As if we need another word for it, right? Just like oh, so many crises all around our lives. And you know, the underlying cultural message is be afraid, be worried, and stay tuned to our media outlet for more fear. And then you read Jesus' map. This is his map of reality, and it seems so unreal. And, and you... If we slow down and read it, part of you goes, no. You know why? Because you're reading another reality map. Okay, so we're going to read God's scripture. I don't want to just read it. Let's listen to it from God, okay? So let's settle your heart. If you need to take a breath, take a breath. God, speak to us through your word. I'm just going to read this. There's a point in here, but the Spirit of God might make many points for you. Here we go. Matthew 6, 24, Jesus' map of reality as it, as it has to do with money. No one can serve 
two masters. For you will hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. That's a totally different math than the world around us. That's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. What? It must have been better back then. It was worse. I, I, this, I, I tell you, do not worry about everyday life, whether you have enough money or have enough food and drink, enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. Th thank, thank you. Uh, my whole life is crashing around me, and you want me to go bird watching? Yes. Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. Can I say that again? Your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you more valuable to him than they are? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows your needs. Okay, I got it. I guess I just don't do anything and God will take care of me. No, 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 no. He actually is going to tell you to do something. Here, here's what he's telling you to do. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously. Do good things. Live rightly. And just spend time with God seeking the king. king. When you seek the kingdom, you're seeking the king. You, you just spend time with the king. Seek the kingdom of God above all, all else. Live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. Somebody here really needs to hear that. He will give you everything you need. What would it be like to live by that map? What would it be like? Wouldn't that be quite different from the world that presses around us? Jesus says, I will provide. Don't worry about it. Actually, be generous. Be generous. There's some stories about generosity in the scripture that blow my mind. There's a widow. She has no money except one little tiny coin. And, and what should she do with the coin? Invest it, right? You may get compounding interest on it. No. She goes and gives it away. And you think Jesus would run and stop her saying, don't do that. Don't do that. And he just said, don't come here, everybody. Look at her heart. It wasn't about the money. It's not about the money. It's about the heart. Look at her heart. It's all mine. That's amazing. It's breathtaking. You go, oh. that's a whole different map of reality. Now, God's not telling us to be unwise, but he's telling us not to worry. And so, that's a different map. How are we shaped? We are shaped by the internal, our internal stories we believe. We're, we're shaped by the external stories we believe. You can feel that, can't you? And, and, and last week we talked about we're shaped about our habits. Our habits. Our thoughts, actions, and character are all shaped by our habits, what, what we live out. Uh, uh, John Wesley, he, he was, uh, he, he was this, this preacher, John Charles Wesley, uh, sort of the, the beginning of the, the Wesleyan uh, church. Um, this is what he says. It was a common saying among Christians in the primitive church, uh, or the early church, 
The soul and the body make a person. In other words, you're just not bodies. You, you have, you're a soulish person too. And the spirit and discipline or the spiritual disciplines make a Christian. Uh, what is going to make a Christian grow and thrive? It's the Holy Spirit and spiritual disciplines. You can't have one or the other. It's, you just can't work and work and work. You can't say, okay, God, you do whatever. It, it, it works together. And so we're talking about habits, habits, habits. And these habits, by the way, if you're on the way to God, if you're not religious, if this is new to you, this whole, it is not. God does not love you more if you do spiritual habits. Let, let me try and explain it this way. We're all born separate from God. God actually isn't our, our father when, when you were born, and, but he wants to, to, to bring you into his family. He wants to actually adopt you. Into, so he's gonna adopt you into his family and to sign off on the legal papers is just basically a, a faith, just believing, I believe. I, I want you as my father. It's a commitment. I choose to believe you. I'm going to put my life in your hands. That's why salvation is by faith. It's not by trying to do good. And so the, the, the papers are signed. And now, boom, we are now a child of the king. We are through faith. And now, now he says, now, okay, let's play. I'm going to teach you to clean up your room. Ah, not sure about being a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, come on. It's going to be good. You'll like it. And so now, once you get into God's family... Then the Holy Spirit and the discipline start to shape your life. Habits shape us. Habits shape us. Just to remind us how important habits are. I was, uh, I was driving from my house, and uh, I, was, um, I was supposed to be going down the mountain. And uh, I, just, I drove right past the link. And uh, mainly because I was just heading off to uh, the Meadowlands to get another tea, my mind told me. But no, I, I was supposed to go down there, but I missed the cutoff. Why? Because it was a force of? Sometimes these things we don't even think about, do we? We just do these things all the time. Why? Because you've done it again and again and again and again. So you just jump to it. It's like brushing your teeth. It's like brushing your teeth. Could you imagine going to bed Without brushing your teeth? Oh, that minty freshness. Where is that? Right? It would, it would feel gross. You know, there's times when I've, you know, been off speaking somewhere and I, I didn't pack my toothbrush. I'm going down the front desk. Do you have something? I'm going to, a, you know, a shopper somewhere. I need the minty, minty freshness. I can't get to sleep. Why? Because it's a... Now, I'm sure my mom and dad had to go, okay, open up. Right? Okay, open up. Oh, again, yes, again. And I'm sure mom and dad said, okay, you do it now. Oh, really? Did you brush your teeth? Let me smell your breath. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, it was just like we had to do the habit, 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 right? And now a habit is just a habit. It's a force of habit. But isn't there good things that come from it? None of us would have teeth if we didn't have that habit. And so habits are important. Last week we introduced it, saying, "Hey, let's do our uh, do your own uh, do your own uh, disciplines." We did. Uh, I've heard back from some people. I have a friend uh, that uh, she said, "Yeah, decide not to do TikTok last week." She said it was hard, and every time I wanted to get on the TikTok, I prayed. And she said I prayed a lot. <laughs> love it, love it. Somebody else talked to me about turning off the phone at ten. PM. They just turned it right off, not, not just like put it aside, like whoop, put, turned it right off, right? And uh, they looked at it. They looked at it. 
They said, I can't get to sleep because I need my phone to get to sleep. But internally, they also knew know that their, their phone kept them up. But anyway, they realized, hold on, there's these ingrained things that are not healthy, are not good. Actually, I need to build in healthy things. Healthy things. I, I heard about one of our small groups. They're pretty excited about what kind of spiritual disciplines could we put in our lives. Last week, we talked about a keystone habit. Simply come to church. Simply come to church dressed in anticipation. Come to church. Say, hey, it's Sunday. What do you want to do this morning? Well, it's Sunday. We're going to go to church. And uh, we're going to put on not our best clothes. We're at Church on the Rock. We are going to come dressed in anticipation. Just hardly waiting to see what God will do. It's good for family modeling. It's good for your family to see you going to church. They will get it. If you don't, statistics say they won't when they get, grow up. It's good for godly connections. It's just good to refocus your heart and brain in worship. As Louis Giglio said, I love Louis Giglio, he says this, worrying and worship cannot exist in the same space. Isn't that true? One always displaces the other. So you come to church to be reminded to worship. Another keystone habit we're going to talk about is God's Word. God's Word. God, the, God's Word, the Bible. God's Word daily. Uh, there's a, a research project called the C4 Project. It said, what changes your life the most in the Christian world? Going to church? Is it praying? Is it, is it you know, tithing? I, I want to say tithing is number one, but it wasn't, sorry. It, it, you know what it was? It's just reading the Bible at least four times a week. I want to turn it up to five just because, but the research actually four. If you could just read the Bible four times a week, you will have so much more, so much more power over things like pornography. You have so much more power over anxiety. You have so much more power over a stinginess. There's just something about getting God's word into your head and heart all the time. Plus, it just gives God attention. It just gives God your attention. Uh, I, it's interesting. I, I love reading uh, some academic things about culture. Uh, I remember this uh, one person talking about, uh, you know, in the early days of culture, uh, the, the aged had, were the... Were the the most highly respected, because they carried the story. And so if you were aged and, and you, were, you told the story, then, then you were the most important person. And then, then when we started to write stories down, that wasn't so important. And so whoever read the most was, was the, the one that was most highly exalted, the one who was most educated. But that is quickly turned around, hasn't it? Because we all have Google. We can look up everything. You all listen to five different podcasts. There is more knowledge out there than you can consume. And so knowledge is not the, the currency of today. You know what the currency is, a lot of our, our culture watchers say? The currency of today is attention. Just attention. I want your attention. No, I want your attention. Can I have your attention? You need to have my attention. Get a like. We all want attention. What would it be like in this age of attention? If attention is the greatest currency today, what would it be like if we honored God by giving him our attention every single day? Every single day. We believe that God, as Christians, made the world. He's spoken into existence. And if somebody did such a cool thing, wouldn't he want to actually communicate to it? Wouldn't God, a God who made all this, wouldn't that God actually want to communicate? Well, we believe he did through his prophets, through his written word, through Jesus as he came down to earth to show us who he is and his Holy Spirit he left with us. Well, Jesus isn't here. 
But he left us two things in order to communicate with us. Number one, his word. Number one, number two, the spirit. Number two, the spirit comes and whispers to it. Number one, the holy word is the clearest way that God communicates to us. He wants to communicate to us more than ever. When Jesus was being tempted in the, the wilderness, Matthew 4, 4 said this, but Jesus told him that's his tempter. He's talking to his tempter. No. The scriptures say people do not live, <laughs> uh, people do not live by bread alone. But every word that comes from the mouth of God. There, there is something, body, you need bread. That was the way to eat back then. That's basically bread equals food. You don't live on food alone. You go, wow, yeah, I kind of do. Well, no, you don't just live on food. Guess what? There's a soulish part of you that will die, will shrivel up and die unless you are fed on the word of God. God's word feeds my soul. Well, the metaphor continues. And uh, I, by the way, I love good food. I love good food. Oh, my goodness. Ah, something, yeah, that's well-cooked meal, right? Flavored, oh my goodness. Yeah, sign me up. Well, Jeremiah 15, 16 says, when your words came, basically when I heard your words, I ate them. I, I, he's not eating paper. Okay, he's, you know, this is a metaphor. And they were my joy and my heart's delight. It was like, oh my goodness, did you just taste that? I, sometimes I have to stop, like, and, and do a little worship service when I taste something really good. I don't worship the food. It, 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 yeah. Oh, my goodness. And this is what he's saying. This is what, I opened your word, and you, you, you gave me a morsel from your word. You know what? Oh, it's my joy and my de heart's delight. For I bear your name. I'm yours, God, Lord God Almighty. Word gives me joy and delight. Uh, psalm 119, the whole psalm, it's the longest psalm in the, the book of Psalms and the longest chapter really in the whole Bible. It's amazing. And not only that, but it's all about God's word. So I just picked out a couple of verses here. You're, uh, psalm 119, uh, 104 to 105, your commandments give me understanding. Okay, I figured stuff out because of this. No wonder, no wonder I hate every false way of life. Your word is a lamp and a guide to my feet, a light for my path. God's word gives me the right map. You remember, you know, that, that part about Jesus, right? Don't worry, don't worry. It just doesn't even feed your soul. It gives you a map of life. This is, this is so helpful. This is so helpful. And many of us have about 10 of them on our shelves. <laughs> uh, it, it, as if, the, as if the, the psalmist just couldn't get enough in. Uh, Psalm 19 tries to put it all in, in one word. He, uh, psalm 19 is a great psalm. The first six verses talk about your creation. Uh, your heavens declare the glory of God. When I'm outside, I see, oh, it's beautiful, it's beautiful. You know, moments like that, right? They happen in summertime, not in winter. So, sorry. <laughs> God bless you if you like the snow, all right? Okay. Yeah, all right. Notice there was only one whoop. Okay, in the class. Okay. Uh, but the second part of the psalm says, you know, your creation is amazing, but guess what's even just even more amazing? And this is what it is, Psalm 19, 7 to 8. The instructions of the Lord are perfect, are so good, are perfect, reviving the soul. Do you want your soul revived? These things revive your soul. They're just perfect in it. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, where they, they make wise the simple. Well, I didn't know that. That's cool. I just figured something out I never figured out before. All right, the commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. There's that joy piece again. The commandments of the Lord are clear, bringing insight for living. This is the map 
Ah, I need this puppy. I need it. Well, why, why do we as Christians believe all that? And I know if you're, if you're not there, if you're not religious, you go, wow, you get really excited about the Bible? <laughs> I get that. Here's why we Christians like it so much. We, we believe that God wrote it. He whispered his words to there. We believe God wrote the Bible. And those of us who have said yes to Jesus, we believe God has come into our lives. And so he whispers the things that he wrote to our soul. And it's a spiritual event. It's not just learning more info. It's a spiritual event. But you have to come to God uh, in a way. And, and let's talk about how we come to God how we come to, to God's word. And I'm going to read Isaiah 40. I'm going to read uh, three verses. And again, okay, let's slow down. Let's not just read this for information. Let's, let's let our souls hear God's word. All right? If, if, okay, you need to breathe in. I breathe out all distractions. God, just help me focus on your word. God, bring insight into your word. Why do I do that? I'll show you in a minute why I do that. Here we go. Isaiah 40, 28. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. And his understanding, no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youth grow tired and worry, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, we're going to come back to that phrase, so hope in the Lord. Hope in the Lord. Can we all just say hope in the Lord? Thank you. Will renew their strength. They'll soar on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not be faint. God, thank you for your word that's alive. It's so beautiful. <laughs> that word hope is an interesting Hebrew word. Uh, you might read it in different translations. About half the time it's created, uh, translated hope. The other half is, is to wait. Those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Those who hope in the Lord will... Why? Because it means both. It means to take time to stop and wait on God. But the biblical word for hope, if you've been to Church on the Rock before, you, you know what that is. Hope means to anticipate. Hope means to anticipate. So basically, guess what? If, if you wait, take some time and breathe and slow down. I'm going to wait on God and anticipate what he's going to give to me through there. If I do that and read his word, he's going to speak to me and give me joy and insight for living. And he is going to give me peace from anxiety. He's going to give me the right map. If I just slow down going to wait on the Lord and anticipate. What are you going to show me, God? Isn't that awesome? That's so good. It is so good. It's an intentional, meaningful time with God. I remember as a teenager, I was told I needed to do this. I had not up to the point of, I believe, about grade 10, uh, actually read a book. I got through the, the Ontario education system without reading a book. I, I was really happy about that one. Made it through. And <laughs> sorry, y'all the teachers are going, boo. <laughs> oh my goodness. I was uh yeah, yeah, I was a slacker. Okay. So uh I was told at youth group I should read the Bible. It's a big book. 
Look how small the print is. Oh my goodness. Nope. <laughs> but I heard some message from pre some preacher like this one. So okay, I want to be spiritual. I'll do it. I don't know why I picked up First Corinthians thir uh, for just First Corinthians. So I started reading First Corinthians, and I started to read it on, on my bed, and I fell asleep immediately. It's great if you need to get to sleep. No, no, no. So what I did, I, I, I put a pillow in the corner of my room so I could sleep cross-legged on the ground. So I, not sleep, sit cross-legged on the ground. So I, I would have, be forced to, to stay awake. So I read 1 Corinthians 1. Okay, that's kind of 2, yeah, 2. And I just kept on reading through 1 Corinthians. You know, can I tell you what? I got nothing from it. Isn't that great? Praise the Lord. I, I go, I'm just doing this, right? I'm just doing this. It came one time where I had a kind of a girlfriend, not really. I, you know, how much do you have a real girlfriend in, in grade 10? I, I'm sorry if you're in grade 10, but yeah. Okay, so uh, we sort of hung out and, and talked. And one time she tried to get me to skip class. Come on, we're all going shopping. Come on. And, I, you know, I was, I was an obedient young man. I was, I was compliant. I, no, no, you don't skip class. Oh, then you don't really like me. Ah, oh, well, uh, and you know, boys' brains are slower in development. And, and, and we're slower in linguistics. And so I didn't know what to say, but I just knew that I didn't want to. So I said, well, go. So she did. But you know what? You figure out what you want to say for the next five hours, right? Come on. It's like, oh, stupid, you want to fail. You go ahead and fail. Yeah, I'm actually going to pass. And like, what do you know? If you're supposed to like me, it's supposed to. Okay, okay. So um, I sat in my corner that night, and I'm going to read the Bible. Guess what chapter I ended up in in 1 Corinthians? Anybody? 13. Yeah. <laughs> I open up the Bible. Okay. Stupid girlfriend. Love is patient. Love is kind. It's not rude. Doesn't even record a wrong suffered. Isn't it awesome when God does that? If you've been walking with God and reading his word, every so often he just gives you the tap. Sometimes it's encouraging, sometimes it's convicting, but it's always shaping you in the right, in Jesus' name. And so... I hope you go home and think about all kinds of do-it-yourself uh, habits that you want. But one habit I'm recommending, getting into God's Word. I'd say that just link it with existing habits. Some of you set up coffee machine to brew in the morning. I read a meme I thought it was great. A day without coffee is like... Just kidding, I have no idea. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> so I, I, one of my friends said, okay, I just put the Bible beside the coffee machine as it brews. Instead of, instead of scrolling, I just read the Bible. All right? Uh, some of you just before bedtime. As I fall asleep, I grab a verse and I meditate on it. The one I've been doing the last few nights is the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. It doesn't have to be a lot of scripture. It's just, I'm there. God, you are looking after me. You're my shepherd. I have everything I need. Just hook it up with existing habits, as Tim Elmore says. Tim Elmore says, also scheduling a weekly routine. So plan your weeks, not your days. Uh, uh, Stephen Covey uh, was big on this one, sort of put it in, in popular parlance, that plan your weeks and not your days. So, so 
there are weeks, things that we should be able to check off. I, I work hard. I work really hard, 65, 70 hours a week for the church. I teach seminary on the side. I do training for Arrow. I, I do a lot, but guess what? Every week I have a Sabbath. I take a, a day aside. Now, I've had different iterations of that. Sometimes my Sabbath has been a night. Sometimes it's only been two hours. <laughs> two hours Sabbath. My, every Wednesday at I'm going to have a two-hour Sabbath, right? Just There's something about scheduling it in. And what do you do on the Sabbath? Well, you have an extended time in the Word, and you pray, and you listen to worship, and it is so good. You're going to want to have more of it. Anyway, uh, uh, scheduling, just a scheduling thing. That's why I just recommend coming to church every week. Every time I go to my office, I have my Bible there and my coloring pencils, and I just open up my Bible every time I hit my office. It's just what I do. It's just planning out your week intentionally and may I suggest it to you? I'm going to ask our worship team to come on up. The one takeaway is what kind of habits do you want to build in your life? Next week, we're a whole other subject on what shapes us. So this is the last little push on it. Talk about it in your small groups. Talk about it in your families. Just talk about the whole idea of what kind of habits would you like to build in your life? And may I suggest one? Get into God's Word daily. God's Word Daily. Choose God's word daily. You might want to do it on an app. If you want to have an app, try the YouVersion Bible. I, just for fun, I, I've been doing that. YouVersion Bible, I want to test it out to make sure it's not heresy. It's awesome. It's like they, you, they give you two verses to read. I can do that in 15 seconds. And if you want to, you can hear a story about it, which is really cool. And then if you want, you can, they tell you even a prayer, and you can read. It's like the prayer. You version Bible. It's made by a church, and they put it out for free. It's awesome. And if that, if you go, okay, I want to graduate from that, well, just read a proverb a, a day and just get that in your soul. If you want to graduate from that, why don't you start in the New Testament and say, okay, you know what, this year, I'm going to read through the New Testament. I, that's, that's a good place to start. Anyway, all I can say, I'll let the Spirit of God touch you on the shoulder for whatever he's going to do. But as we worship, which I'm looking forward to, let's bring this to him. Heavenly Father, you are good all the time. Thank you. Thank you, God, that you want to shape us. So shape us, God, by the habits we choose. As we sing and worship, help us to choose the habits you want us to do. In Jesus' name, amen.